G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Well, entries are now officially open for the next America's Cup in 2024. It will be the 37th edition of it. And even though no one knows uh, where it will be held just yet, the teams are apparently lining up to take on holders Team New Zealand by all accounts. And to tell, take us uh, through uh, with a, a slightly closer look at it is uh, former New Zealand and world champion sailor and sailing professor, I might add, at AUT, Mark Orams. Good morning to you, Mark. Good morning, Ian. Yeah, hey, look, well, a desire... Obviously, uh, when the protocol came out, was to, to try and make the whole deal a little bit cheaper to uh, attract more entries, and uh, it looks like on initial inspection anyway that, that may have paid a dividend. Yeah, as you say, I think initial uh, inspection, um, entry at this stage is, is just sort of a, although it does have a pretty significant investment in the initial entry fee, doesn't necessarily mean that uh, the teams will end up on the start line. Um, in, the, in the 37th America's Cup. Um, last time we had a couple of teams indicate, in fact, one entered early on that didn't end up here in Auckland for the 36th America's Cup. But, but nevertheless, it's a good sign um, that, that there's some interest, particularly, I think, uh, most people's eyebrows have roused uh, with, with the announcement that Alingi's going to be in again. Yeah, that is interesting. Uh, after an 11-year absence, Yes, well, of course, those of us who were around uh, in the early 2000s and uh, we went from that sort of hero to zero classic sporting uh, dichotomy from a successful defence 5-0 in 2000 to losing it 5-0 to Alingi in 2003. Um, yeah, having been a part of those campaigns, it was something I'll never forget. So in, in some ways, I think it's really exciting to have a, a team like Alingi back in the game after such a long period of time. Um, but also there's a little bit of apprehension. It'll be interesting to see how competitive they are. I, I think it's a very, very big hill to climb for a new challenger to come into this class. It's so technical. Um, and the, the three sort of really big teams uh, or challengers from last time alongside of Team New Zealand have really got to jump on any new challengers, including Alingi, despite their heritage. Mark, uh well, uh, you know, you, you said the initial entry uh, interest is good, um, not confirmed by any stretch of the imagination. Would the venue have a big sway on that? And if so, when can we expect that, you reckon? Yes, I think you're right. In fact, um, a couple of teams have already made their potential involvement conditional on venues, and most notably American Magic. Uh, so uh, American Magic was the challenger from uh, from New York Yacht Club last time, and we'll recall that Dean Barker was was the helmsman on that. And they've said if the next cup is to be hosted in Jeddah and Saudi Arabia, uh, they're out. So so they will be a, a conditional on that. And uh, interestingly, Luna Rossa has also made some noises that they're not comfortable with Saudi Arabia as a venue. So so that's kind of one of those things that um, is a proviso for two of the heavy hitters from last time, one of whom was the challenger and the challenger of record in Luna Rossa. 
Okay, so Mark, uh, for the uninitiated, and I put my hand up here, what's wrong with Saudi Arabia in their viewpoint? Is it, is it straight out conditions? Well, yeah, I think there are two issues, but the, the reason that American Magic and Terry Hutchinson has said it is, is that they're just not comfortable as an American-based uh, syndicate uh, and an American-flagged uh, yacht to, to go to the Middle East, um, and, and he's intimated that it's sort of security issues that they're concerned about. Um, Luna Rossa, they haven't been quite so public about, about why they are reluctant to, to go to Saudi Arabia. Um, so, so some of it might be security, some of it might be political, some of it might be around sort of the, the sponsors that they can attract as well and their finances. Uh, quite difficult, I think, for an American syndicate, for example, to bring corporate America on board um, for an event that's going to be held in, in the Middle East and, and Saudi Arabia in particular. The other issue with Jeddah is it's a very light wind venue, and it will be potentially part of the reason why the protocol that's uh, was announced about a month ago, has changed the boats a little bit to make them more um, suited for light winds. You know, you'll recall here in Auckland the, the quite dramatic falling on and off off the foils kind of um, things that happened. And um, those these boats are amazing when they're flying on their foils. When they're not, they're just dead ducks sitting in the water. So what they wouldn't want is, is an entire America's Cup where they're just struggling to get enough wind for the boats to fly. And that's the risk with Jeddah. It's a very light wind venue compared to the other options mm. of Valencia, Cork Island or, or Auckland. Doesn't that, though, uh, doesn't that add to the, the drama when things go wrong? I mean, you know, I go back, uh, you know, Dennis Connor times, you know, when spinnakers blew out and all of a sudden you saw a mad scrambling on deck and, and humans going everywhere trying to uh, put a new one up and trying not to lose an advantage or, or fall behind too far. Um, I, I, there was, uh, I remember those kind of moments in a race. So there's got to be that kind of element there in some form, doesn't there? Well, in terms of the excitement of watching, that was, I think, one of the unexpected um, exciting aspects of, of the event here in Auckland, both the Challenger Series and the America's Cup itself, is that when the wind was steady, it, it was very much a procession. The boat that won the start and the first cross pretty much dominated the race, and that, for the first six races, when it was three all in the America's Cup itself, that's what happened. Um, but but um, it all turned around when we got to sort of a, a slightly uh, lighter wind range and more variable wind range, where a boat, a leg in front, could fall off its foils in a manoeuvre and sit in the water, and, and meanwhile the boat that was miles behind would be, would be mowing them down in a matter of minutes, coming at them at sort of 35 knots and overtaking them, and then they would sit down in a manoeuvre. And So it, it added sort of to a, a sense of excitement and uncertainty about the outcome. So I suppose from a spectator point of view, it, it was exciting. I, I can imagine being on the yacht, it would just be hugely nerve-wracking. Um, in terms of that situation. Uh, let's look at the, the protocol that, that came out, the new protocol and the, uh, the, the new modifications uh, for the boats this time around. Uh, what did you make of those? You know, I think for the AC75, there's a couple of quite significant things. Um, the, the first one is the reduction in crew numbers from 11 to 8 and the allowance, and I suspect everybody will go this way, to have cyclores again in terms of generating the hydraulic pressure um, rather than arm or arm-based grinders. Um, so, so ostensibly that's to kind of bring some of the cost down, um, but it, it will also mean that those... 
uh, four or potentially five guys who are on the cyclores, um, they're going to need to be, again, extremely fit, and they'll probably have uh, substitutes that they'll swap out in between races on two race days, for example. So that's a major change, and um, and seeing the cyclores, which was the 10 New Zealand innovation that contributed greatly to the success in Bermuda in 2016. Uh, another part is that they're, they're um, and that lightens the boat overall. Uh, if you have four less sort of 95 kilo guys on board, that's quite a significant saving weight-wise. They're going to allow um, slightly uh, wider and um, and more variation in the foils as well, and so that's going to allow a sort of higher lift, lower wind range foil that's going to allow the boats to get up on the foils and stay on the foils in lighter wind strength. Um, probably the most significant one is only allowing one new boat to be built. Last cup there were two, mm. and so all of the challenges and Team New Zealand bought, sort of built their standard, and then they went for their race boat as their second generation. No um, second boat allowed this time, so so you've got to put all your eggs in in the one basket, as it were, in the boat that you design and build. Uh, and have to take through to the cup. What that means is that the development that we've seen of modelling, computer modelling, and especially simulators back in the bases is really important. And Team New Zealand's got quite an advantage with regard to that. So, yes, it's been cast as a cost-saving move, but I think it actually tips things more in favour of the existing teams who've already got the data, they've got the modelling and the simulator from last time, and they can apply that to the development of their one new boat for the next America's Cup. Well, that makes it... um, It has to be very quick work and and, uh, very innovative work for for new teams uh, who have uh, entered or looking to enter this time round, including Team Dutch Sail. They're mentioned in the list... Uh, who are they? What do we know about Team Dutch Sail? It seems very new. Yes. Um, well, the Netherlands has a very strong sailing history, uh, certainly at Olympic level, and they've had quite a long history in the round-the-world race. Um, they've had limited involvement in the America's Cup, but, but certainly in terms of their sailing heritage and pedigree, um, they're, they're one of the strongest sort of sailing nations. You'd put them up there in the top half dozen in the world. Um, and Simon Tenport has been involved in a number of America's Cup challenges in, in the past. So as a leader, he's got that kind of background and experience that means that they can put a credible challenge together. Um, what they will be doing is looking, because new challenges are able to purchase one of the old boats from the existing four from the last time. So they'll have a trial horse that allows them to do their testing, get used to sailing these very technical um, boats and and use that as a, a way to lead in to develop their uh, challenging entry, their one new boat for the 37th Cup. So um, it'll it'll be interesting to see whether um, they can be competitive if indeed they do go ahead and challenge, but they've certainly got the talent um, within within the Netherlands uh, to to design and sail. Uh, one of these AC75 successfully. And remembering the other key change in this next cup, Ian, is the so-called anti-Alingi clause, which means that all of the members of the sailing team have to be citizens or nationals of the yacht club um, that's challenging, with the exclusion of if you were sailing for somebody else last time at the end of the last cup. So so all of the, the Dutch challenge, they've got to be from the Netherlands, uh, and I'll, this is a major challenge for Alingi. They cannot do what they did in 2003, 
um, and basically poach all the top talent from other people and uh, and then come up with an ex- a really competitive challenge that way. They've got to sail it with their own nationals. Mark Orams, where would you, in all honesty, with the, the way you look at the competition, the way you know the conditions around the world, where, uh, in your opinion, would you like it to be sailed? Oh, that's an easy answer. Um, Auckland, City of Sales. I, I mean, I'm a, <laughs> a very patriotic Kiwi. I, I just, it's just a wonderful place to sail. Uh, and it's not just me as a patriotic Kiwi that says that. We've got the American syndicate, American Magic, Terry Hutchinson's been very open. He wants the 37th America's Cup here in Auckland. Um, most sailors actually love sailing here. Um, so so if, if you're just talking from a sailing perspective, um, Auckland, no question. Uh, certainly from a patriotic Kiwi perspective, no question. But then there's the reality of, of the money needed. Uh, and, and I think amongst the sailing community, if it's not Auckland, their pick of the three shortlisted would be Valencia, hands down. That 2007 America's Cup in Valencia was an outstanding event. It's a great place to sail. Um, and, and most importantly, I think, in terms of the ability to raise the significant money you need in this game, it's in the heart of, of Europe and the Northern Hemisphere where significant corporates can see a good return on their investment. They can bring their, um, you know, their high net worth individuals into Valencia, the super yachts, all the rest of it in the Mediterranean. Um, so, and if you think about the, the key challenges we're talking about, from Italy, from Switzerland, potentially um, from the Netherlands, uh, from the UK. It's all in their backyard, so it makes life a lot easier for them. So I think that'd be um, that'd be the second choice. If we can't have Auckland, well, then Valencia would be most people's pick. Mark, uh, just finally, uh, we have not got a commitment from uh, our helmsman yet. Burling and, and Chuk have yet to commit to Team New Zealand. Uh, what do you? Uh, I think there's a reluctance for them to be in Saudi Arabia as well, from what I've been reading. What, what do you know about that situation? Yeah, um, I, I think the longer it goes on, um, the more concerned we are becoming, uh, because Peter Billing and Blair Chuk are absolutely at the heart of of Team New Zealand's sailing team, and of course they've been that, that significant change. Um, some might debate whether it was done respectfully from Dean Barker as the skipper to Peter Berlin as, as the skipper after San Francisco was a critical call that was a significant contributor to being successful in Bermuda in 2016 and then again um, having that quality of sailors given that Team New Zealand had virtually no racing leading up to the defence of the Cup here because of COVID, cancelling events um, and so on. Uh, having that sort of talent and quality that can get the best out of the boat in a very short period of time, even though you race rusty, yeah, those guys are critical in my view. Um, so my understanding, to come to your question, is that they they were on a retainer until the end of this year. Um, so you know we're less than a month away from the end of this year. Uh, I would love to see an announcement come out that Team New Zealand had secured their signature. You put them guys, those guys alongside of, as I understand it, Josh Jr. Um, and Andy Maloney, who have recommitted to Team New Zealand. They're, they're other core members of the sailing team. You put them alongside Nathan Outeridge, who's a good get for Team New Zealand, really good get. He, um, he adds an enormous amount of experience uh, and talent. And most importantly, nobody else gets him. 
So so you put those guys together and, and Pete and Blair sign, you will have a sailing crew, the envy of all the other America's Cup challengers. So I really hope that um, Pete and Blair sign and that, that Shuby and, and Dolts can get it done uh, and that we get that little Christmas present uh, in the not-too-distant future. Mark Orms, thank you so much uh, for your uh, information this morning. Um, uh, a lot better informed as a result of it. I'm sure we all are. Thanks, thanks so much. We await uh, further developments uh, in the uh, 37th America's Cup. Thanks for your time. It always keeps us interested. Absolute pleasure. See you. Yeah, it sure does. Mark Orham's there, um, professor, sailing professor uh, at Auckland uh, University, uh, former New Zealand and world champion sailor in his own right.